Morning, everyone. Am I coming through all right? Can you hear me? Yeah, great. Uh, my name's Jack. I'm part of the church here at St. Joseph's. Uh, welcome this morning. If you are a child, or you have a child, or you like being at the front, come to the front, um, sit down here. In the meantime, uh, give the person next to you a high five for coming to church at the right time this morning. I'm going to get rid of this uh, big thing. So um, I'm going to begin this morning by quoting a classic work of British literature. It's an emotional love story where children from two families, um, torn apart by hatred, division, and conflict, fall in love. You can probably guess what it is if you're um, of a particular persuasion. Um, and that's right, it's The Smeds and the Smooths by Julia Donaldson, and it's one of my son's favorites. And we're just going to uh, watch a bit of the trailer of the TV version. On a far-off planet, there lived a young Smed, and her name was Janet. Bill, like the other Smooths, was blue, and these were the words of Grandmother Smooth. Never, never play with a Smed. Never, never play with a Smooth. They're a beastly bunch. They're a crazy crew. Got the book here as well. It's a great book, great um, TV show if you want to go home and watch it or, or read it. And Janet, the, uh, the red smed, is told by her grandpa, never, never play with the smooths. They sleep in holes. They wear strange shoes. They jump about like kangaroos. Never, never play with the smooths. I wonder if you've ever felt that same uncertainty or fear of people um, who are different to you. People who maybe speak uh, different languages or look different to you. Um, or come from a different background. Maybe you know some people like that at school um, or even here at church. And I don't just mean black and white stripes or red and white stripes. I think the latter of those is in the minority, probably. Um, and, the pro um, um, and yeah, the question is, does God love those people who are different to us? And if he does, what do we need to do about it? In today's passage from the book of Acts, uh, one of Jesus' followers, Peter, realizes that he needs to tell uh, people who are different to him about Jesus. But before we jump into today's passage, we're just going to have a bit of a previously on section. Um, so let's rewind and remind ourselves of where we're at. Jesus, God's own son, has died on the cross to save us. Um, uh, save us all from the punishment we deserved. And he's risen from the dead and promised life forever to all who put their hope and trust in him. It's good news. It's the best news ever. And Acts is the story of what happens next. And like the best sequels, it's just as exciting as what came before. Back at the start of Acts, um, Jesus makes it very clear to his followers that his good news is for everyone um, everyone in the whole world, and he gives them a promise uh, just before he leaves them and goes up to heaven. And the promise he gives them is this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And Jesus is saying to his followers, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, you will tell the whole world about me. But... At this point in the story, there's a great big obstacle in the way of this happening. Okay, so I need a, a volunteer to come up. Um, Tim, do you want to come up? 
That's it. And what you need to do, Tim, is you need to try and get over this obstacle, okay? You're not allowed to go under. I want you to get over it. Go on. Come on, Tim. Get over the obstacle. That's it. Oh. It's a valiant effort. Oh, he's, he's been caught inside, but he didn't manage to get it. He man didn't manage to get over, did you, Tim? Thank you very much. Round of applause for Tim. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, you see, Jesus' followers who um, originally heard um, that promise, including Peter, had a barrier stopping them from sharing the gospel with all sorts of different people, a great big obstacle in the way. And that is that they were all Jews belonging to the nation of Israel. And this is where it maybe gets a bit confusing, so make sure you're listening. God's rules said that Jewish people couldn't eat certain foods, so including pigs. So that's right, you don't get any bacon butties, sausage sandwiches out the window. Now, Gentile, Gentile is the word that the Bible uses for someone who isn't Jewish. So I'm a Gentile, um, everyone sat in church this morning, if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. And a bit like the Smeds and the Smooths, Jewish people didn't spend time with Gentiles. They didn't play at Gentiles' houses, they didn't eat with Gentiles at dinner time. And the reason God gave these rules was to help the Jewish people live in the right way. It's a bit like when there's a naughty person in your class at school who's maybe not very nice, um, and you realize it might not be the best idea to hang out with them because they might, they might lead you on to be naughty as well. And in this bit of the book of Acts, we see that even though Peter loves Jesus and has been bold in telling people about Jesus, God knows that he is a bit hesitant to tell Gentiles about Jesus. So let's see what God does next. And our first heading today is the Holy Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. At the start of this chapter, we meet a guy called Cornelius. Can, I, can, I, can everyone say Cornelius with me? Cornelius. Good. It's a bit of a long, bit of a long name. Verse 1 tells us Cornelius was a Gentile. Okay, so he's not Jewish. He's a Gentile, not part of the people of Israel. Very, very different to Peter. And... Not only that, but he was also a Roman soldier. So he probably looked something like this. Another reason he was very different to Peter. And another thing we learn about Cornelius, um, in verse 2, uh, we can see that the Holy Spirit was starting to work in him because he truly believed in God. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God too. Um, an angel appears in front of Cornelius and tells him to send men to a place called Joppa, to retrieve a guy called, that's right, you've guessed it, Peter. The Holy Spirit is guiding Cornelius towards Peter, and that's exactly what Cornelius does. Next, it's Peter's turn to have a vision. In verse 11, Peter has a vision of a great sheet descending, filled with all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. So quite a strange vision, and it might have looked something like this. A great sheet descending with all sorts of different creatures. If you can see them. Wow. All sorts in there. So we might have had um, maybe, a, uh, maybe a rabbit. So a rabbit was one of the unclean animals. So we might have had that in there. Um, we might have had an elephant, which was also an unclean animal. Um, we might have had a lion, another unclean animal, and... Last of all, we might have had a flamingo, which is another unclean animal. Does anyone know what a flamingo says? 
Probably, yeah. I have no idea. But, yeah. So, cats, dogs, bears, tigers, pigs, moles, camels, mice, lizards, ostriches, uh, creepy crawlies like worms, all shapes and sizes of all sorts of creature. And those are all um, what would be classed as unclean. And then verse 13 says, there came a voice to Peter, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Eat a mole, eat a camel, eat a mouse. No, thank you. That doesn't sound very tasty, does it? In fact, it actually sounds a bit gross. But eating some of those animals would go against God's food rules that he gave to the Jewish people. Peter says, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Peter's never eaten anything unclean. But the voice calls to Peter again. What God has made clean, do not call common. What God has made clean, do not call common. And as you can imagine, Peter is really confused. On the one hand, he as a Jew has always been told not to eat anything that God has said not to eat. But on the other hand, this is a vision from God telling him to do just that. And after this happens three times, Peter eventually gets the message. Just as God is saying that no food is unclean, the same goes for people too. No person is unclean. God wants everyone, including the Gentiles, to hear about Jesus. Thank you very much, guys. And later in verse 34 and 35, um, Peter says, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him um, and does what is right is acceptable to, to, to God. Or in other words, now I know that God doesn't have any favorites. Anyone, anywhere in the world can come to God and trust in him. You see, the Holy Spirit has worked in these two men, uh, one a Jew and one a Gentile, to bring them together um, so Peter can tell Cornelius about Jesus. How amazing is that, that God brought them together? And the Holy Spirit was preparing Cornelius to meet Peter, miraculously directing him to where Peter was, and the Holy Spirit was breaking down the obstacles in Peter's life, stopping him from sharing Jesus with people like Cornelius. So the question is, how is the Holy Spirit working in our church? What are the obstacles stopping us from sharing Jesus with people who aren't like us? Maybe like the Smeds and the Smooths, you're a bit hesitant about approaching people who are different to you. Maybe you don't know where to start with people who are a different age to you, or have a different accent, or talk a different language, or come from a different background. But God loves absolutely everyone in the entire world. Um, and we are immensely blessed here at St. Joseph's to have so many different people from different walks of life all coming together to worship God. So just like Peter, please trust God's Holy Spirit to help you reach out and show love and warmth to anyone and everyone. And this leads us on to the second heading for today, which is the gospel is for everyone. Can everyone say that with me? The gospel is for everyone. Fantastic. So after, um, after the Holy Spirit shows Peter that Gentiles need to hear about Jesus just as much as Jews, 
he preaches the gospel to Cornelius, who has brought his friends and family together to hear what Peter has to say. Isn't that amazing, though, that Cornelius got everyone he knew to come over to hear from Peter? And sometimes it's people who are seeking Jesus themselves who can bring others to hear the good news as well, just like Cornelius. Peter knew that Cornelius, despite all of his prayers and gifts to the poor, Cornelius still needed Jesus. The conclusion of Peter's message in verse 43 is, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Peter's come a long way from the guy who was so reluctant to go and tell people who weren't like him about Jesus, hasn't he? Cornelius and all his crew hear the gospel message that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and they all come to faith in Jesus. In verse 47, Peter asks, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And the answer is no, because the gospel is for everyone. How amazing that God welcomed Gentiles like Cornelius. And guess what? In the centuries that followed this event, the spread of the gospel was so successful among Gentiles that it reached all the way to us in the UK. I mean, hands up if you're a Gentile. Exactly. Nowadays, there are even Gentiles all over the world who are working to share the gospel to the ends of the earth, just like Jesus promised. And here at St. Joseph's, we have lots of mission partners working in countries like Mozambique, Morocco, and Kosovo. And next week is Mission Sunday, so we'll hear about, uh, more about them then. I don't know if you know which flag is which, but maybe that's something to go and look up later. And I asked Chris and Rosie, who are in a place called Valencia in Spain, what it means for them that the gospel is for everyone, and this is what they said. It was worth leaving everything we knew in Newcastle so that the Spanish people could hear about the gospel. And just like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, there are people in Spain whom the Holy Spirit is preparing to hear the good news about Jesus. But what about here at St. Joseph's? Well, we might ask ourselves, what's in our sheet? What's in your sheet? It's probably not lots of random animals. Or we might say, if we're all smeds, who are the equivalent of our smooths? Obviously, we don't think people who aren't Christians yet are unclean, but we, do we really believe that the gospel is for all people? What about the Muslim friend in our class at school? What about the, the Hindu family who live next door? What about the homeless people in the center of town or the, the committed atheist that we chat to over lunch at work or the people on our sport team? Or what about people who have done serious wrong in life? Is the gospel for them? Well, God's message for Peter and to us in Acts is the gospel is for everyone. Not for some people um, or just people from the right social background. The gospel is for absolutely everyone. So let's pray for those people we come into contact with um, um, every day. And let's ask for God's forgiveness for when we keep a distance from certain people, just like the Smeds and the Smooths. And let's ask him to give us a love for others and opportunities to share Jesus, just like Peter had with Cornelius. We're going to do exactly that now. I'm going to pray to finish, 
and then the band are going to come up and we're going to sing again. Father God, thank you for this example from Acts of Cornelius and Peter. Thank you for how we see your Holy Spirit at work here and for the amazing message that the gospel is for everyone. Please send him into our lives to break down obstacles so we can truly believe that the gospel is for everyone and take action to share it with everyone. Amen.